0: Now, um Tips for someone who finds it difficult to grow their lower body. So what okay. on works for you to build your legs up?
1: So, as because I'm quite tall, so my I, I found it so hard to grow my quads. I remember after uh, I think it was 2017, um, coming out of British finals, and I was so depleted and small. Um, but I still wanted to compete, obviously, the following year to get my pro card in 2018. So I was like, I need to build my lower body like a lot more because I'd lost a lot of size. Um, and that's what happens sometimes when you come out of a show, you do lose a lot of size if you have done like a lot of shows in that year. Um, so for me, I generally just lifted heavy and ate a large amount in my off-season. Like, I... Progressively, like I progressive overloaded a lot of my leg sessions, but I also didn't just kind of stick between at eight to ten reps. I pushed between like failure. I like a lot of people. I think at the moment are getting this stigma of like you have to progressive over progressive overload everything, and it is true. You have to. I think you do have to to some extent, but you also need to push your mind and your body to failure, to having that mind muscle connection. Um, because I remember before I was kind of just training. Um, and yeah, I was kind of feeling like feeling obviously mind muscle connection, but also people have too much of an ego in the gym. So they push and they push and push and all this weight, but they can't even feel their muscle working. So I definitely, I think into from 2017 to like 18, I definitely focused on mind muscle connection and like, like slowly building it up instead of like just whacking on the weight and being like, yeah, I can move 300 kilos, but I could literally move it about an inch and inch up and an inch down. Like, um, so like, yeah, like someone who's finding it hard to grow your lower body, especially as a woman, um, progressive overload, a hundred percent, um, multiple sessions, like lower body. I, I think in my off season I hit at least lower body three to four times a week. Um, and also kind of doing a lot of accessory work so like as much as i was doing like squats deadlifts uh leg press hack squat all of that i was doing a lot of accessory work as well um so like lunges and um abductors adductors uh leg extension all of that type of thing use like building on those as well as main compound movements um and i think a lot of people focus obviously Focusing on main compound movements is the main, like your main thing in the gym, but also focusing on accessory work as well. And that's something I've really focused on, especially working with Adam. He's literally got me on two compound movements, probably a session, or maybe uh, one to two compound movements a session, and then like the rest is accessory work, but it's all tailored to, I need to grow my the side of my glutes. I need more conditioning in the side of my glutes. I need drier hamstrings, uh, like, all of those little fine details, that all comes with accessory work. Like the massive, the mass building comes from like compound movements, but all those tiny little details, like I want more side glute when I pop my sides, um, side pose. So you're gonna get that through working out through accessory work and stuff like that. So yeah, I think growing, yeah, definitely growing your lower body, just kind of doing a bit of everything, progressive overload, um, accessory work, um, mind muscle connection, all of that type of thing. Um, yeah that's pretty much it
2: (laughs) and Phoebe when you were training low body at like a really high training frequency in your improvement season were you splitting it like glute ham and quad or were you just doing like full leg sessions
1: so I was yeah so I think I was so this off season, I was probably hitting I was hitting glutes and hamstrings so I was hitting glutes completely so I would do hip thrusts one session and then just focus on glutes um not much hamstring work and then it would be a glute ham session and then it'd be a heavy ham session so it was like more split up um instead of kind of like i used to just do lower body and kind of like hit lower body in general but what i found like especially growing my glutes i was like splitting everything up a lot more so um instead of putting it all together, splitting it up like gluten ham um, and then quad session, um, or no quad session and just gluten ham, um, or just glutes and then just hands. So for me, yeah, like splitting it up, I've split it up um, throughout my off season a lot more, um, instead of just kind of doing overall uh, lower body. So I
2: suppose that's better for recovery when you're training like, so fast yeah. you can't really do full leg like, sessions every session. You Yeah, like, exactly. Um, also what equipment do you use to pump up backstage Phoebe
1: so to pump up backstage just like um a little like you know those glute bands um one of those little glute bands um to pump up my glutes before I go on stage um and then I do a lot of body weight squats and kind of like they're obviously uh glute focused so just kind of pumping up the glutes backstage with that little band and then also. Using a shot like a shoulder, a shoulder band, um, one of those, uh, one of the resistance bands, like a thin band, not a strong one, um, quite a light one with the handles, um, to pump up shoulders a little bit. And I didn't actually started it, got to the point where I didn't actually need to pump up my shoulders the last three shows that I did because they told me so many times, like, don't pump up your shoulders, don't pump up your shoulders. So I was like, to literally just take it out, I'm just not going to pump it up at all, but. For any bikini competitor, I'd, take, I'd try and have a look at a small um, glute band just to kind of pump up your glutes before you go on stage and then like a small, um, one of those resistance bands with their handles to pump up your shoulders and you can do like lateral raises and shoulder press with it um, and just like a thin resistance that you don't need really strong resistance because you don't want to be... A lot of people, what they do is they'll pump up loads backstage and then what they realise is they can't hold the poses that long on stage because they're tired and they're depleted and they're like aching from pumping up so much so i'd say literally do one set of like 12 to 15 light reps um every time you're pumping up you don't want to pump up like constantly for like five minutes because that's what i started to do and like i realized it kind of affected my stage presence um because i was tired and i was like i'm getting cramped like i'm I'm getting sore because i pumped up before backstage too much um so yeah resistance bands like light resistance bands before for backstage
0: okay cool and so you know how recently you've switched coaches
1: yes um
0: why did you switch and what did you learn from the coaches that you've worked with so far
1: so I've had three coaches um, f- throughout my four... Well, this is my fourth year of competing. Um, they've all been male, which is... I don't know why they've been male, but, like, they just all have been. Um, first coach, um, he taught me a lot. Like, it, like he got me into the world of bodybuilding and kind of taught me the ropes about the whole thing and then moved on to someone else um, for a year. And then this year, obviously, um, switching to Team Elite Physique. And with all of them, I've realised, like... And this isn't me being horrible and I think they, that coaches can only take you so far, like as a person, um, they can only give you so much knowledge before you need to move on and you need to go to someone else to learn more. Um, and that's kind of why I moved obviously this year um, to a different coach, because I know the Americans, again, are like next level and I know I needed to up my game that next level to get to where I want to be and it's hard like it is hard because with all of those coaches i a built, built a relationship with them and like a, a strong relationship like friendship wise and it's hard to kind of turn around to them and say look your services aren't needed anymore like it's really really horrible to say that like and none of them did anything wrong like I can happily say all of my coaches I've had so far like they were like they were all perfect for me at the time but there's only so far that they can take me and that's what you've got to realize when you're kind of when you need to let someone go it's like a relationship it's like you're breaking up it's horrible because it's like you don't want to like because they've done nothing wrong it's just only so far that they can take you um and I've learned a lot like I've learned with every coach like I said I've learned a lot um and I've grown and they've built me up to the person I am today which is very very strong-minded um and I know Adam will teach me a lot um, now a lot more than I've known before. And like some, because I'm at that next level now, I need that. Um, and yeah, like it is hard. It is really hard for anyone that's kind of like wanting to switch coaches or like, they don't know how to do it uh, or like they feel bad about it. Like it's horrible to say, because this sport is a little bit of a selfish one and you've got to think of yourself. Like you've got to think what's going to help you, um within it and you've got to take that like relationship kind of away um and say okay are they going to really help me grow right now are they going to get me to where i want to be and are they going to help me um they probably will but like you need someone you sometimes there's only so far that they can take you and if you're kind of holding on because you're feeling bad then that's something you need to reassess type thing um but yeah like i it's hard it is really hard but it's sometimes necessary
0: yeah, it will affect your whole psychology as well. Like if you're uh, in prep or something, and in the back of your head you're like, "Oh, I wish I, you know, did that." Or, I wish I
1: yeah. Did that. yeah, there's like, it, it's hard. It is really hard because it's like you you want you want to put obviously full full trust into your coach, and you don't want to have any like doubts whatsoever. And like with all of them, I never did like at the start. But it's weird. Like I didn't even with Adam. Like I'll say this openly now. With Adam, I didn't even like. I did like I just randomly messaged him because I had a gut feeling like I don't know why I was looking at his story and I was like wow like he knows his stuff and I just messaged him and I said and it was just through Instagram it wasn't even through email I was like right if he replies to me because he's has this team which is part of it's elite 11 and he only takes on 11 bikini pros and he's never had 11 bikini pros because he's never thought he's never had people good enough apparently so for me, I was like, right, let's just message. I had a gut feeling like, let's just try and message and see what he says. And even if he doesn't reply, then I know that that's a sign. And if he does, then this is something bigger.
2: Okay, so how do you make the switch from your off-season to your prep mindset? And how do you deal with like, off-season weight gain? Or how have you in the past? Because I know this last off-season, you haven't like pushed that hard. Yeah, but in the past, yeah. how did you deal with it? So, it's, so
1: it's, it's difficult because it's it is because, because it's is, hard. it is hard. Like, it's really, the like I really didn't like the whole like gaining weight thing like I was like I love being shredded, I love being lean um and gaining i slowly seeing your body like get less and less lean and softer and softer. it's really hard mentality because you've just got to accept it um but switching from that mindset from off season to prep, like it's just you it's just kind of like you know. It's kind of like, okay, let's set a date like realistically, um, to what what is your goal for off season? Say example, okay, I need to build up my upper body and my lower body. Um, or like you just need to build all over. Um, and if your goal like if that's gonna take you a year, then so be it, it needs to be a year. So you need to take off that time and you need to kind of not get um kind of like sidetracked because a lot of people do kind of get sidetracked and pulled in to kind of think okay let's just compete this year even though I don't have enough muscle or anything like that they compete anyway um and it's, just, you just your mindset just needs to be strong so having that switch over it's difficult because I don't know I, t- I don't know how to kind of explain it it's difficult because the mindset itself
0: you have itself, to look past that you know yeah
1: you have to look past the appearance side of it sometimes because because bodybuilding is all about vanity and it's all about being as shredded as you can and as lean as you can but also with enough muscle fullness and stuff you focus on your body so much to then all of a sudden okay like you're not focused on your body whatsoever you just need to literally grow um and switching from that prep to off season is hard because you're like i said you're getting uh, less and less lean um but then switching from prep uh, from switching from off-season to prep I think for some people it's a little bit easier because they are excited to get lean again Um, but I think the mindset from prep to off-season is difficult and I think it's like you said it's just accepting it sometimes um, and not kind of uh, not going too far into it like Uh, appearance wise not kind of looking at yourself and thinking oh I look fat or oh I look this focusing on other things like training strength like enjoying your off season a little bit more doing the things that you haven't been able to do for a few like like the whole months and stuff like when you're on prep you there's some things that you have to sacrifice that you can now do in off season so I think it's shifting your focus from being that prep mode like constantly to kind of like okay my foot can come off the gas a little bit now. Like it doesn't need to be so full on. Obviously again, like you don't want to go away and just gain a load of weight and then think, okay, like it's like, I can just put it all back off now in the next six months. Like it's not like that. You, I think when you're invested into bodybuilding, you'll always be obsessed. Like that's just it. You will always be obsessed with the sport of you'll always be looking at the back of the packet to see how many macros is in it, or you'll always see, okay, let's get some salad and veg because they're even nutrients, you'll always be like that because you're obsessed with the sport. And, and I would, I'm accepted that I'm always just gonna be like that. and I, That's not a bad thing um, because it's my passion. Like I love it and I wouldn't say, oh, I'd give it up. Like, oh, people like people, my friends and stuff, they say, can you not like have veg? And I'm like, why? Like, I want veg because I know that it's gonna like help my body and like, my digestion and stuff like that like for later on and like little things like that like i'll always still have bodybuilding in the back of my mind even if i am taking my foot off the gas um but With the
2: think, as well like it helps me to visualize my long-term goal and yeah. think about what i need to do to get there yeah. and if that means i have to go through a hypertrophy phase and like Push mm-hmm. and push my body weight
0: up. Get a little bit uncomfortable. Then that's what has to be done. Hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like I really struggled last year, right? But what I realized is the best way to do it. Like, so what? People made fun of me in the gym. They said, oh you got so fat!" But you know what? I know what I'm capable of. I know what I can look Exactly. Like. I you saw you how lean you can like get.
1: I saw how lean you got as well like throughout like when you're in prep and stuff and you can get lean and you know you can do that again because you have that so mindset. The main thing
0: is don't let what other, the, most of the time people saying those things to you is because they're either jealous or they just want to get in your head.
1: Yeah, 100%. And the thing is like it's most, it's, it's not like it's compete like your competitors but like it is sometimes like that one person sending you like a dm through instagram like oh you're bigger now like that type of comment will get to you and like they know it's getting to you sometimes and like sometimes that's it is sometimes like that it's but it's not it's like that in any situation like it's like that in crossfit you see a lot in crossfit like they'll message you like oh like not as strong this time or stuff like that you know it's it's they're making a joke but they know it gets to you so that's why they do it but at the same time like you as a person bodybuilding will make your mind stronger it will make you like it'll make you have thicker skin like it may it's made me have thicker skin like I'd never thought I would like I was literally such a pushover at school at college like everything and like now it's just it yeah it just it just grows me into a different person like i could get massive in my season and say like i don't care what i look like i don't care what any anyone thinks that i look like um it's i'm focusing on my goal and what i need to do
0: yeah and um also phoebe something that i've noticed a lot from just following you and your journey is how much you're posing has changed since that very first competition that oh I saw. God, yeah, geez, to yeah, now. Geez, so <laughs> how long did it take you to like fine tune your posing? And I'm sure you're still like changing it here and there. Yeah. So
1: my posing for me, it's still not even fine tuned now. Like there's just little things. Like even in my last show, people um they said. Okay, maybe like bring out a little bit more confidence within your posing, like little things like that. My my posing still isn't fine-tuned. Like it's taking still like fourth year competing, like still working on my posing. I think. You get the hang of it, and you get comfortable with it. But you always be improving it. It's like your body. Like you get to a point where you think, okay, like I look good, but there's still little things that I can improve. Like like, like me at like the mean, moment, I'm happy with the muscle mass I have, but I still need still to improve on like little things that thing You know, know what, what I mean? mean like, I'm I'm exactly. The kind of posing. posing. So, so yeah, it yeah, takes yeah, a while to perfect. Like like I remember, it took me at least like at least eight months to try and perfect a lat spread I remember literally trying to perfect the lat spread for so long um and it it, I just couldn't get it and then all of a sudden you get it and it's like a second nature and you think how did I not even do this beforehand but um yeah it does take what a while and like to any beginners kind of like thinking oh I'll never get it down because I still get people messaging me saying like how do I perfect like walking and how do I do this and that and it's all done for experience. Like I probably didn't get, get comfortable with my posing until like until through my second year. So on stage, I remember, I think it was like English Grand Prix. That was like my eighth show. So like that, that's how sometimes you just need to go through that process because you can practice so like so many times in your living room like posing and perfect it to a T, but the little things like being actually being on stage, like being told what to do by uh, the judges, like the atmosphere, it could make you nervous. Like those little things, you can't like kind of you can't duplicate in your living room. You can only du- you can only duplicate it on stage. On so stage. like from the stage that helped me with that posing.
2: Yeah. I can definitely second that. Like, my first show I was shaking like a leaf. Yeah, And then every yeah. time I got on stage, I just got more comfortable and confident. Um. And yeah, it made the yeah. biggest difference. Yeah. So I just think, I think I agree with you on that. Nothing compares to actually being on the stage itself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Because a lot of, I still get so many people, like, they'll do session after session, which is amazing. And they're really, because they're working. They, they wasn't, the thing is, the facilities we have now, We don't have, we didn't have back then, like there wasn't really like so many posing coaches, like, like obviously Danny, you're a posing coach, like Sammy, you do, like you have online clients, you obviously pose as well and I pose as well. There wasn't this kind of wider range, um, whereas now there is. um, And yeah, you can perfect your posing a lot quicker than like what we were used to back in the day. But um, yeah, it does take time. It takes time and I think it's all through experience.
0: What I was gonna say was, ironically, um, I think it's really important to actually practice your posing in off season, and that's something I currently yeah. don't do. Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people don't because they think, okay, I'm not stage lean, I can't picture myself like the po- like even Danny was saying at the posing, she uh-huh, was uh-huh. doing a posing talk um, at the compact event, and she was like, there's this one pose I hit when I'm in prep and I look amazing. And now I hate it. Yeah, oh. I hate it. So like, it's, it's, it's difficult. difficult. to work with your angles in off-season yeah.
1: when you have fat oh, and It is hard. Cool. Like, I remember even this year, in 2018, uh, going into 2019, like this off-season of mine, like I remember even... I was probably like five kilos above stage row, which wasn't even that much. And I was still like, I hate my front pose. I hate it, like because... I can see that tiny little role that I put on that's body fat that wasn't there beforehand. And that's all I focus on. And I'm like, it just looks bad. But you need, again, like we're going back to like the mentality of being in off season. You need to take that appearance, um, stigma away. Like you need to kind of focus on, okay, I need to practice posing because I need to practice to get better at the pose. It's not like way my body's looking, like forget about that. Like it's, it's just about practicing the art of posing more so than like your actual body and stuff. Um, because yeah, like, obviously you're not going to be going on stage like in off season mode anyway. So like it it doesn't, you don't need to worry about that. Obviously I was the exact same. Like I hated my front, like I said, my front pose, um, this year in my off season. And I, I didn't even put that much weight on. And I even remember being in off season, uh, 2017, 18. And like I, that was when I went like, like, 13 kilos above my stage weight. And, like, I looked horrible. Like, I I needed to put on weight, but I couldn't stop focusing on my waistline, like, how much fat I was putting on or, like, how bigger I was. But I was like, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Like, I need to practice my poses. I need to send these poses off to my coach. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I I just kind of grew that mentality of, like, my body doesn't matter right now. I just need to pose. Um... So, yeah, and that's what I kind of do. In off-season, obviously, I don't think you need to pose as much as being, when you're in stage um, lean. I'd say, like, I practice my posing probably, like, two to three times a week. And literally, I only practice posing, like, 10 to 15 minutes. I don't practice any more than that a day. Um, Even when I'm in prep mode, I'll practice every single day, but for 10, 15 minutes. Not more than that, because my body, like, not my body, my brain just loses focus sometimes. When I'm in that prep mode, I can't focus on that. And then if I focus on it for too much, I start to pick out things and I or I'll do little habits. I'm like, I didn't do that before. Like, why am I doing it now? Um, so, yeah. Okay, cool.
0: Um, and then final question for the podcast um, is, so because you have darker skin, plan mm-hmm. is a bit different. And we have yeah. someone ask, do you still use tan even though your
1: skin is darker yes so i still do use tan um i remember my first show that i did i literally did one layer because i was like oh i'm already dark it's fine like i just need to kind of put on one layer and i'll be okay um but it shows on stage like show show stage lights are like bright lights like bright white lights and like it, it literally makes me look white like it I, like i had one layer on and i looked like the palest girl on stage like it was mad so like for i'd say for quite african africa being girls like quite um dark colored girls i'd say you maybe like one to two coats you wouldn't need like a lot more but for mixed race I like my color and stuff i wouldn't I would say you still need to tan just as much as lighter skin girls that's that's my opinion purely because you don't want your tan to be the reason why your definition's not showing as much or you don't want to look um like out of place on stage or anything like that because that would that would just be like the worst thing like the little things like that you wouldn't have wanted to work that hard um for your sage lean body and then your tan let you down so like for me i always put on i use Pro Tan. Um, and I use like, I think I do three to four layers and that gets me like a good, um, color forced st- underneath the stage lights and stuff. But I would say if you're a beginner, try and just do, try and just splash the cash and kind of get your spray tan done yourself. purely because you can then, cause they know how dark you need to be. So then they can give you that dark tan. And then later on, like in your next show, then you know how dark you need to be. So you can do it yourself type thing if you needed to. Yeah. Um, but yeah.
2: Do you do your own tan then Phoebe?
1: So to be fair, I, like I say that now, but I actually have never had a spray tan. I did all my own tan. Um, so Max has always tanned me for every single show that I've done. And yeah, like that, to be fair, again, like that's why I'm saying to get a spray tan for on your first show. Cause they know what your, the color you need to be. Because obviously my first one, I was like, I don't need to be that dark. Like I'm dark anyway. And I was so light. So learning from my mistakes i was like okay i need to be way way darker um and that's why i would say to people obviously now like get a spray tan first to see how dark you need to be and then go on to kind of self-tan if you need to um it's so much easier self-tanning but then also it it can't unless if you do it by yourself it can become a little bit of a stress because you don't again can't reach the places that like someone else can and stuff like that so I would say if you have a partner then get them to do it but at the same time if you don't then just get just splash the cash and just do it because the last those fine little details like uh, not doing your tan properly like could be um the worst like the worst mistake you make type thing um yeah
0: my tan was awful for my competition
1: yeah I like I just I remember just literally turning up and I was like everyone is darker than me like actually darker than me like I, I, and I just, I remember we literally used the whole bottle and we just, like, put it on, like, then and there, like, on show day, like, we need to be darker. Mm-hmm. um And, yeah, but it was it was okay, obviously, in the end. But I would say, yeah, just try and just get your spray turned up. <laughs> Minimise
2: stress as much as
1: possible. Yeah, exactly. Because it's the same with, like, doing your own makeup. Like, for my first show, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do my own makeup to save money. And, like, I just looked terrible on stage. Like, so it's, like, again... Bodybuilding is expensive, like, especially for girls. So, like, the bikini, like, the hair, the makeup. But, like, it's worth it because those, like I said, those little details, especially in the pro league, count. Like, I will happily spend five, six hundred pounds on a bikini, like, a hundred pounds on makeup or a hundred pounds on hair because it needs to be done. Like, it needs to be perfect. So that's why I'm, like, that's definitely the difference as well between pro and amateur. You just just got to
0: find... you just have to invest in yourself, you know. Yeah.
1: because yeah. you're investing, you're putting your body through so much, and you don't want to look like.
2: As as sad why as would you? It, yeah. finishing touch is done.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like I, I remember but literally being can, like, I'm, it can so literally like. As sad as it sounds, but it can literally be determining whether you're in the top three. Or
1: yeah. Literally. It sucks, especially for bikini, because I hate this word but it is it is what we are and it is a pageant at the same time it's it is bodybuilding and i would say it is 70 70 body and like the 30 percent is like the fine tiny details like bikini hair makeup stage tan all of that type of thing um and i hate calling it a pageant because it's just i it takes like the whole like hard work and like the the kind of hardcore thing away from it but like it kind of is a pageant at the same time um so you kind of got to invest into those tiny little things as well just as much as your body
0: yeah.
2: Yeah. thank you so much phoebe for coming on yeah thank you phoebe and thank you for listening guys as always we really appreciate it and any reviews or feedback you've got for us just leave them below